Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I'm Gurdjit Deegan, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. Today I'm joined by Vicky Maguire, Chief Creative Officer at Havas London, Alex Grieve, Chief Creative Officer at Bartle Bogle Hegarty, and both of them are with us on video link. So hello. 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 And with me here in the studio, we have Nicola Merrifield, our premium content editor at Campaign. So welcome to everybody and thanks for joining us. Um, in the first of our festive specials, we'll be discussing some of the Christmas ads that have been released this month. We've had John Lewis, Aldi, Sainsbury's, and of course, Tesco from BBH and Asda from Havas. Uh, first, let's ask our guests what they think of the type of ads that are coming out. Vicky, what are your thoughts? I think it's been a really, I think it's been a batshit crazy year. You started the year with an idea of what you were probably going to end up making. And you finished the year with two new governments you know, uh, number 10 that's been turned into an Airbnb. There have been so many inhabitants, <laughs> uh, a cost of living crisis, you know, a war in Ukraine. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's very difficult when you work on a project like a Christmas ad or a Christmas campaign. And there's so much planning involved up front to actually mm. kind of like work your way through all the stuff that was you were getting bombarded with culturally. You just had to hold on, cross your fingers and just go for it, <laughs> okay. which is which is really funny. And then at the end of the day, you look back. I mean, I think Christmas ads are always a really good. When you look back on Christmas ads like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they're a really good indication of where society is at the moment, which has been really interesting. And there's a few, even though there's some there's some very different ads, for, you know, from you've got John Lewis. Uh, on one side, you've got the, the probably the only political party anybody wants to join, which is the the Joy Party, which has lasted <laughs> longer than this trust. Um, you know, and then you've got Elf on the other side. There is a massive stretch, um, mm. and I think that I think people will look back at this and go, "Well, that was a fucking year, wasn't it?" <laughs> Alex, uh, what are your thoughts? Any themes that you've noticed? I don't know about themes. I mean, I kind of concur a lot with Vicky's saying there. I think it has been this weird moment of kind of chaos and crisis that we've all been living through. But I actually think that creativity often thrives under those conditions. Um, and I do think this year that it's been a bit better than in previous years gone past. I did one of these with you guys last year, in fact, where I kind of took on the role of Christmas Grinch and slagged everything off slightly too much. I listened to it back and thought I should have been a bit more cheerful. Um, And this year I do think it's better. As as Vicky said, I think there's been a good range of different ideas. Um, I haven't liked all of them, but I do think the things that I have liked are, are pretty special. And I think last year, I don't know, there was just... The kind of there was a sense of nervousness and even sadness coming out of COVID, and it was kind of reflected in the work. There was a kind of lack of confidence in some of the um, executions, I thought. And this year, I think under this kind of chaos, people have had to react and do something. Now, the planning of that has kind of changed at the last moment, and timings went out the window, and there's all that kind of thing. But I do feel that. We've reacted to that thing better than in previous years. And I do think there's three or four really interesting bits of work that have come out. 
Okay, brilliant. Nicola, any thoughts about the crop? Yeah, so just picking up on what the others have said, I actually felt that there were, you know, lots of these ads were very different to each other this year. Um, and and that's interesting and a strength in itself, I guess. Um, I did I did kind of maybe sort of see some themes. So I felt that um some were focusing on the efforts by brands to help others through charitable efforts or initiatives. Mm-hmm. So John Lewis, O2 and Lidl, some of those. Um, and that does fit in keeping with the cost of living challenges that have been, we've been talking about and the kind of madness, uh, one of the mad things that's been happening this year um, and the struggles people will have this Christmas. Um, another thing that I noticed was that we've got, you know, Asda and Aldi are both harking back to well-loved Christmas films. Um, so there's that nostalgic touch, which I really love. Um, fun characters that maybe providing more reassurance and a reminder of more lighthearted times. Okay. So Vicky, um, as CCO of Habas, you were heavily involved in the Asda Christmas ad. Have your elf a Merry Christmas. See what they did there. Um, (laughs) For anyone who may not have seen it, the retailer took Buddy the Elf from the nation's favourite film, Elf, favourite Christmas film, Elf, and put him in an Asda store. And in true Buddy style, he causes a fair bit of chaos in the supermarket. Let's have a little listen. Sorry, sorry. You better watch out. You better Excuse me. Hi, can I help you? I'm Buddy the Elf. You must be here about the job. Nice um, costume. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Okay, well, sit around here. We'll show you your own. What's this? Beautiful. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. What do you want for Christmas? I'll put in a good word with the big man. How have I lost a giant elf? First we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then... Buddy, please report back to the shop floor. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good. Oh, actually, you're not supposed to eat those. Okay. I'm singing! I'm in the store, and I'm singing! Get you on the checkouts. Was that you singing just then? Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Oh, you better watch out. Better not cry. Oh, wow. You did this. You've got the job. You mean I can stay? Sure. So Vicky, tell us about the thinking behind the campaign and how it all came together. Well, it's interesting that you mention uh, harking back to a nostalgic theme because that wasn't part of our brief at all. I'll take it. If it works, I'll take it. But um, we, I think we started working on the Christmas brief about maybe May, June, and you could see the way that the year was headed. Uh, And you could tell that there was a shift from people wanting abundance, you know, loads of, you know, and it's very difficult, and Alex, I think, will bear this out, it's very difficult to do table-laden food for Christmas because it's just all brown, right? So you just get this whole (laughs) table of just brown. Um, And abundance didn't feel right. And we were like, okay. And and Asda are brilliant, right? They lean into what is happening in culture. They were giving away... You know, kids could eat for free over over summer. 
we knew that we were heading into a crisis so that, you know, pensioners can come and get soup and a roll and as much coffee as they can drink for a quid uh, over winter. So we knew, you know, we're always on, as we were always on the right side of culture at that point, but we knew that if we made an ad about that, it would just be a little bit of a reminder. And the one thing we do know, and they research their customers to the nth degree, people just wanted a bit of light relief. So we played this game, right? And it was like, you know that thing, if you were a, if you were a piece of furniture, what would you be? If you were a person, what would you be? All that kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, if I was a person, who would it be? And Buddy the Elf came up. And now it is my favorite film. <laughs> so initially in the room, we were like, we're not messing with the nation's favorite film. And the more the conversation went on, it was, we're going to have to mess with the nation's favorite film. Yeah. But it was never about getting Will Ferrell, who is now 20 years older, back in tights. <laughs> yeah, it was always about Buddy the Elf in the film. And that's the reason that Will let us do it. Because he is super, excuse me, he is super protective and his people and Warners are super protective around the brand of Buddy. And the idea of us not messing with that, but taking our favorite bits and dropping him in a store and then cleverly rewriting, he just loved from the first day, which surprised everybody, even surprised his people, because it was like, well, Will would never do that. And then, then an email came back going, well, actually, Will thinks this is quite interesting and he wants to know more how you'll do it. You said there was a line like when I interviewed you, Will thinks this is funny. Will thinks this is, I mean, my God, that is, <laughs> that is the, they're the best, because Will had a, a script control. Like I said, it was the last email that I sent at night and it was the first email I read in the morning. Um, going through all of these scripts, um, or often talking in the third person, Buddy <laughs> wouldn't eat that. <laughs> but he would never eat that because it's not part of the four major food groups, which is exactly what you said. You, I know that you're a massive oh elf gosh. man, Gadget. Um, and you were like, okay. Uh, and then we'll find something. It was the pigs in blankets. It was the pigs in blankets. I'm now the maple pigs in blankets because yeah. Buddy the elf eats maple syrup. So that is the attention to detail that we went into. And he appreciated that. Mm. And then finally, you know, after a few sleepless nights, uh, you get this email back, which is, yeah, Will's good to go. Will thinks this is funny. And you're like, oh, yes. amazing. And you try to be cool, but I'm not cool at all. It was like, <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> and then obviously, uh, you know, the people that we packed around it, he, got, he was super confident. Their team, Will's team was super confident around bringing Danny Kleiman on board because he massively geeked out on that. I mean, like mm. ridiculous, you know, to the nth degree. Frame store too. They were just they just disappeared into this hole <laughs> and came out. And then we just started trying to write it and put it together. I said, you know, it was good. Yeah, there are just so many fans of the film, aren't there? So how how now it's been out um, a couple of weeks? How do you feel about the reaction? Were you nervous um, from about the reaction from fans of the film? Are you kidding? I was absolutely <laughs> terrified. Absolutely. Every time I was like, are we doing this? Are we, we're doing this right. We're doing this right. We're doing this right. Very early on, there were conversations. Do we make it look a bit hokey, like we've taken a 20-year-old film? 
And you're like, no, 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 no. We've got to do, we've got to do justice. We've got to do justice to Buddy. And as a massive fan, I was like, oh, you know, when, you know, when somebody puts your favorite music on an ad, and you get why they've done it, but a little bit of you yeah. dies. <laughs> I really didn't want that. Really didn't want that. So no, and then it just, I, I mean, I am super happy with the way that it's landed. I love the conversations over Twitter. They're hilarious. I love the fact that people are going into the stores and, and interacting with all of the stuff. That's the one thing about us, that they roll into stuff massively. Um, so, and it's affecting sales, which is exactly you know, which is exactly, exactly what, they what want. you want. Yeah. So it's yeah. amazing. So yeah, I'm very happy. Oh, brilliant. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, Tesco and BBH uh, created the Christmas party. It begins similar to a political party broadcast and the voiceover then declares there's a joy shortage in Britain. So Tesco is on a mission to spread joy. Let's have a listen. Britain, there's a joy shortage. So we at Tesco have formed the Christmas party to help. We promise more pigs in more blankets for more people. Award-winning wines that deliver on budget. The only things we'll cut are prices and cake. We're bringing adults and kids' tables together. If there's a spare party hat, put it on the dog. And a referendum to see if Love Actually is the greatest Christmas film. No, actually. We pledge dinner for five for under 25 quid. We'll solve the things that matter. When is Fin Day? Today, Geoffrey. Yes. Today. We stand for joy. We are the Christmas party. Brought to you by Tesco. So, Alex, you joined BBH in April this year, was it, um, from AMV BBDO. Uh, how long had the Tesco ad been in planning? Well, it kind of started pretty much as I joined, which was good timing for me, I guess, although actually for the production was probably a little bit too late. But there is um, a kind of tactic or tradition, certainly in the last few years, that Tesco does wait a bit longer in developing the thing because it is trying to really read the mood of the nation. And I think if you look back, especially over the last two ads with the naughty list and then um, there's no stopping us, the thing last year, that that is the kind of way and the tactic that it's employing. So it is trying to jump into culture and to react to it and to be part of it. And and I think that's an interesting thing because to Vicky's point, you can make a choice there. And, you know, one of the things... I chatted about early was there is that choice. You could just go down and do a piece of pure kind of entertainment really and just cheer the nation up. And I think Elf does that brilliantly. And um but because of that tradition of Tesco, I think we decided to make that choice of going in there. And then, you know, the the Christmas party is is a bold move from the client because you are directly getting into a subject matter around politics. There are a lot of people, quite rightly, don't want to get involved with and find a bit depressing and is kind of alienating. So I think the the boldness of the idea was good in the fact that you are talking about something that's going on. You are living up to Tesco's, you know, stated mission of every little helps to be helpful, to be on people's side and to actively do something. But you have to really, it's a really thin line you have to tread between keeping 
making sure it falls on the kind of line of populism and doesn't get too much into satire. Because satire is interesting, but is a niche kind of game and is not a populist kind of thing. So it's it's kind of getting the balance of those two things right, which was, you know, the kind of um, the, the job of the ad to try and do right. And, and I hope we fell on the right side of the line. You did think there's, there's a few bits of humour along the way as well. So that, that must, as you say, with satire, but, you know, these are just little silly laugh out loud bits in the ad. Um, you know, how, how how did you kind of bring that in? I mean, what is that boy doing in a little robot outfit at the bottom at the end? <laughs> Who knows? He was just kind of there. And I think that's the thing. It was just, as a little boy, there was a robot kind of outfit and we said, let's put him in there when they're all doing a big bin dance. And I think that's that's the kind of thing you get away from. It was kind of pol- political with the tiniest P as a kind of thing. It's really just a kind of joy fest and, you know, Tesco campaigning for um, the right for people to have, under very trying conditions, the most joyful Christmas they possibly can. So it was, um, if there were kind of, gags that strayed into those areas they were quite soft and and deliberately so yeah indeed okay let's move on to reviewing uh the work so let's start with um john lewis much anticipated ad that came out last week the beginner by adam and eve ddb the ad follows a man who's determined to learn how to skateboard and at the end we find out it's because he wants a common interest with his new foster daughter let's have a little listen Can't wait. Oh, we got any peas? We're really excited. Merry Christmas. All the small things, true care, truth brings. You're okay. I'll take yeah, I'm fine. So this ad made me cry, um, and I don't often <laughs> cry at ads. Stop laughing! Oh my gosh. Um, perhaps, perhaps it's because I'm a mum now. I don't know. I found it very moving. Um, Alex, did it um, get your emotions? Uh, well, it didn't make me cry. Okay. I have to declare, but then I have a heart of stone. So that's, fine. <laughs> that's not true. Um, it did make my wife cry, so it passed that test. I, I listen. I think it's a, a bold move from Jonas. I think they needed to do something different. Um, they've been, you know, it's obviously a hugely successful and influential formula that they've been doing. But I think especially under these conditions, there was a need to kind of um, push the envelope and do something different. And I think broadly they've been successful on that. I think it is a, a story well told, nicely directed by Steve Rogers. I think the sentiment feels very appropriate at Christmas. Um, I don't know. There there were structural elements of it in the story that I feel that I've seen before, someone preparing for something and then it's revealed. I don't want this to sound disparaging because I think I'm comparing it to an equally great campaign, but it kind of felt like a McDonald's ad in the way that it was done. So I do think it missed some of the grandeur and epicness of previous John Lewis ads. But as I kind of said, that probably wouldn't have been that appropriate this year. Mm, so um, yeah. all in all, I did think they pulled it off. I think they've. it's obviously got lots of talkability and traction. 
I think you always have to remember as well and give Adam and Eve huge credit. They are the ones who basically invented this Christmas Super Bowl moment. It's 15 years they've had to kind of live up to the kind of uh, legacy of the work that they've done. And by and large, with a few exceptions, they kind of pull it off every year. So I think we do need to applaud that. And I think, again, this ad is easily in the top three Christmas ads that have been done. And I think it's a very mm. good bit of work. Yeah. And Vicky, what, what did you make of it? It's weird, isn't it? Because everybody, everybody's ready for it. Everybody's waiting for it, looking for clues. Uh, you know, you heard on the grapevine it was, it was something about a skateboard. You're like, well, that's bloody useless as a bit of gossip, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and then when it came out, it was like, you know, everybody's like, oh, great, it's John Lewis, they're back to their best. And I disagree. I think it's a total departure from where they are. I thought it was, I thought it was great. It made me, and I'm quite, I'm quite hardened. It really did. It, it, it left me quiet when I watched it. And then the conversation around it, though, the people, you know, you know, is it John Lewis's place to play in this space? Well, of course it is, because nobody else is, you know. And then it's, I mean, it's a masterclass again, like like everything. Uh, that kind of Rick touches. Uh, it's a masterclass in storytelling, but it's also a masterclass in how you how you get the nation moved. And if you look at classic charity advertising around Christmas, it is all it's all violins. It's all you know. It's all kind of like you know. Can you give X amount to help? Everything is a proper tug to the heartstrings. Nobody shows you joy. And when he opened, when, when they opened that door and that little girl sees that skateboard and his hands bandaged up, what a lovely piece of storytelling to actually kind of get over quite a difficult subject to talk about. I mean, I, you know, Rick should do a, I just, I wish he'd write a film, right? I think he is such a, and I know loads of other people were involved, so sorry, but, Yes, it's such he's such a good storyteller that I just want to I just want I just want to watch and and just get more. So I was really surprised. You look at it and you go, "Wow, actually that's brave." And then you look at it about five or six other times, and you're like, "No, that's the only thing they could have done." So you know, massive uh, hats off to them for that. And uh, Nicola, what are your thoughts? Um, I also loved it. Um, there are so many things. The story is really beautiful and charming. And um, also the song, the version of the Blink-182 song is beautiful and, and sort of unexpected. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned about the little girl and the warmth that that brings in that moment, because I spoke to somebody who'd seen it who had been through foster care themselves. And they said that was for them really poignant because although you follow this guy and the preparation he's making and you think, you know, it's all about him, he's getting most of the time on screen. And then and then it all comes down to her, you know. So um, yeah, I thought that was really moving. I didn't cry either, but that takes a lot to make that happen for me. <laughs> so I'm not judging its impact on that. Um, it's just memorable for me because it's a reminder that not everyone has the same Christmas experience. Um, and it's a juxtaposition to the normal kind of glitz and high octane energy. And it also has the truth of the, you know, the actual employment program that um, for people in care that, that John Lewis um, launched last month. So um, that's really important. Also, I thought it was interesting because we, you know, we recently wrote about the um, John Lewis brand positioning from earlier on in the year. And it feels like there's a thread between the two ads. Mm -hmm. 
So that ad for All Life's Moments yeah. um, feels linked. And although this is a Christmas ad, we were sort of saying maybe it could have run at any point in the year. If you take the tree out, <laughs> um, the storyline kind of fits the brand and direction it's going in um, really closely. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I would, you know, when, when you start to write a Christmas campaign and, and everybody mentions John Lewis, John Lewis, John Lewis, and, and you know, writing, you know, doing something for Asda, you're like, our consumers are totally, totally different. Yeah, I mean, you know, Asda's, Asda's customers are starting to feel the pinch. Yeah, John Lewis's, maybe not as much, you know, and, and they admit that themselves. And this is what I tell my teams. I'm like, look, you know, John Lewis sells things like watch winders, right? John Lewis, <laughs> John Lewis customers don't wind their own watches. We are in a totally <laughs> different space, right? Um, but then when you take it higher, you know, like they've done, you know, here, they're like, right, okay, for all of life's moments, they've dipped in to a moment that doesn't, doesn't hit you if you're not in that sphere and have elevated that and then known how to bring it to life both in store and in a CSR point of view, but then also the conversations going around it, you know, albeit a couple of Guardian headlines, uh, but you've got, you know, Limon Cisse rolling in, going, you know, going, thank you. And then suddenly you feel warm and fuzzy about the brand. But I would never need a watchwinder. <laughs> you should get one, Vicky. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to Aldi. And Kevin the Carrot is back in this ad called Home Alone by McCann UK. Uh, home Alone parody, Kevin misses a flight to go away with his family and is seen at home fending off an intruder. But then, of course, he's reunited with his loved ones. Let's have a quick listen. Come on, everyone, we're late. Mummy, can I give my pocket money to Nibley? They're helping families in need. Merry Christmas, everyone. Christmas in Paris, a family vacation. But wasn't someone missing from this festive celebration? For this little carrot would spend Christmas at home. And he often gets scared when left all alone. So for me, um, I don't really see what the point of this carrot is. But um, is that harsh? Sorry. But everyone loves the carrot. So no, I mean, it's, it's doing really well. Um, I, just, it, I just don't resonate with the carrot. Um, but I do really like the humour in this ad. I think it's one of their better ones. Um, it's quite silly and the, the, the little naughty bit really made me laugh. <laughs> um, Alex, what were your thoughts? It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's obviously a hugely successful property and, you know, we're in the game of effectiveness as well as creativity, and they wouldn't be continuing it unless it was doing gangbusters. I just, just I've never liked it, so I can't suddenly <laughs> pretend that I do. It's just, okay. it's not in my wheelhouse. I can't stand kind of rhyming ads either. I think you've taken a kind of, you know, unlike Elf, where you've honoured a beautiful kind of Christmas film and kind of, um, elevated that this has done the reverse with Home Alone and kind of just messed it up. I, I'm the wrong person to talk oh, to. No. I, I respect it. I think it's probably doing great stuff for the brand, but 
as a creative piece of work and a property, I just don't like it. Vicky, what are your thoughts? Uh, I th- Do you know what? I think when you've created a property, whether it be a carrot or a meerkat or whatever, and for some bizarre reason, people take that stuff to their hearts, you are not going to not do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you, if you go, if you talk to the nation and they go, okay, what, you know, what are the Christmas tropes around advertising? You know, they will say a John Lewis present moment and they will probably say Kevin the Carrot. That's true, which yeah. Is, yeah, which, which is, is yeah. which is which is bizarre. So once you've got this property, and i and I'd be interested to know if they thought it was gonna live for I mean that carrot's been that that should have gone moldy years ago. <laughs> but they they're still keeping bringing it out and it still works. But then People love, people watch Mrs. Brown's Boys. Yeah, it's a popular show. Yeah, that's that's mm. the beauty. That's the beauty. Things always surprise us. Mm. And if people are going into Audi to buy or look for Kevin, which is the game at the moment, uh, and it's working for them, then good on them. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't matter a toss what I think. Yeah, does it? It me neither. <laughs> me neither. It's working. It's working as they yeah. wouldn't bring it back. Indeed. Yeah. I did think the bit where the um. The carrot ended up as a cock on the snowman was quite funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh but they're the, little, they're the little things that you hide in ads, isn't it, aren't they? Just to mm. kind of make yourself fearful, but it's funny. Um, are you a fan of the uh, carrot, Nicola? I didn't realise the carrot was so divisive. Um, I I just kind of felt like... Why wouldn't you just enjoy watching this ridiculous animated carrot swinging around on fairy lights? <laughs> and then <laughs> it's just kind of funny and lighthearted. I did think, I don't know, I didn't actually immediately recognise that it was parody, parodying um, Home Alone. It wasn't immediately obvious to me. Mm. But but then I thought, so maybe only the big film fans will get it. But, um, but I still think it's an enjoyable watch. Uh, and of course... The adult humour moment is 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 great. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it I think it works for me. Um, um, I don't think it's maybe as memorable as other ads. Um, but yeah, and also, and this one has lots of food, which I thought was interesting as well, because um, I mean, like products, mm. because uh, the other ones we've been talking about haven't necessarily been around that. So um, yeah, they've managed to get that in as well, but not focus on it entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to Boots, Joy for All by The Farm, which is WPP's dedicated agency for Boots. It sees a woman put on some magical glasses, which turn everything into a joyful, festive scene. Let's have a listen. So I thought it was I thought it was quite warming, and I really liked the actress, which is probably why I liked the the work a bit more. Um, she's from Channel 4's show It's a Sin. I think it was out last year. Um, it's a nice vibe, and there's no kind of like big salesy things. Um, so, uh, Vicky, what are your thoughts? Do you hope to come across some magical glasses? Uh, do you know what I think? It, I think they've done it really. I think she's amazing. She carries it. Um, it's a it's, it feels like part two of last year's. There's a bag. Mm. 
here's a pair of glasses. You wonder where it's going to go next year. You're like, well, don't drop anything because <laughs> you don't know where. There's a pair of knickers. There's a, um, and I think that it's, I think, I think it's, it just, it feels more sympathetic this year than last year. Last year's was just kind of shit stuff. This one just feels a little bit more considered. And if that is going to be their thing, then I think it's, it's not a bad thing to have. But I think it's, I think it's well shot. I think she is, she's a delight. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like 10 out of 10 for casting. Alex? I'm looking forward to the magic knicker spot next year. <laughs> Remember where you heard it first. Yeah. You should definitely get a credit. You think? Oh, I'll have a word. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's certainly better than last year's. The one with the magic bag, which seemed to be very consumerist in its kind of outtake, which probably wasn't the most appropriate thing. It's. I think it's one of those spots. It's kind of. It doesn't make me jealous. I don't wish that I'd done it. But I do think it's well crafted and put together. I think it's an improvement on um, last year's. They are kind of getting a bit of a theme. It's a kind of whether they'll continue it, who knows? But some kind of magic items, not a bad thing to pivot off. Um, and it seems to be going down well. So I think you know, fair play to Boots. That's a quite a hard brand to work on, from what I hear as well. So just um, getting some stuff out there that's you know people in general are enjoying and is getting a bit of talkability, then I think I'm um, well played to them all there. Mm-hmm. And Nicola? The bit I liked about this is how it celebrates individual personalities, actually, and what different people love. Um, so, yeah, there's obviously the scene with the person getting dressed up in drag for the party season or someone who just basically wants to hang out with their dog. Um, but I liked I liked that as a way in to connect with different people, um, you know, different types of uh, audiences, I guess. Yeah. Which felt different to last year. Mm-hmm. And Sainsbury's and this year's ad stars Alison Hammond as a countess who orders uh, for an alternative Christmas pudding to be made. The work Once a Pud has been created by Wyden and Kennedy London. Let's have a quick listen. In a far, far away land, a feast was being planned. Crab Thermidor crumpets. Delicious. Cider glazed gammon. Yes, yes, I love all that. You, what do you have? For dessert. I've never really liked Christmas pudding. (sighs) Bring me something different or else. So this one didn't quite do it for me, unfortunately. I'm not a Christmas pudding fan, which I agree with in in, in the ad. Um, I think I've preferred past ads for Sainsbury's and it does sit quite oddly in terms of Wyden's body of work. Um, Alex, I know you worked on Sainsbury's for quite a while when when you were at um, AMV. What's your take on this year's ad? Well, this is my moment when I do turn into the Christmas Grinch and I'm... (laughs) And I apologise to Sainsbury's. And I do have some baggage because, you know, I spent many years doing some Christmas ads, which are pretty good. But I think it's partly because of that. There was just that series of, you know, there was a real moment at AMV when Sainsbury's and John Lewis were kind of squaring off that, against yeah. one another. And actually Sainsbury's was doing some better work. You had 1914 and the Kevin McDonald Christmas in a Day and... Mog and the Greatest Gift, you know, proper big epic storytelling that went toe to toe with John Lewis. And 
I think Widens have done some interesting stuff subsequently, but I look at this piece of work and there's no point of view, really. There's no story. It's crafted okay. I just think Sainsbury's and Wyden and Kennedy are just so much better than this piece of work. It, I just don't know what happened. Maybe something got spiked at the last moment and they did this. I mean, who knows the backstory of what's going on? But I think of all the brands and all the ads, this is the most disappointing. Mm. Um, Vicky, so what do you think about it? I think, I think going back to your point about how Boots felt more considered gifting. Uh, the the abund- I mean, I love Alison Harron. I think she's fucking hilarious, right? But the this was probably the most abundant ad that we've seen in our kind of like raft. I mean, there are, there is a lot of food in Kevin, but. The, you know, that whole table of just groaning brown Christmas food just, just didn't chime. It didn't, didn't feel, you know, I think this, this, this year is about more consideration, maybe more quality, not like pilot high stuff. Um, and it, so it didn't feel right for me. Uh, but, you know, you have to do that deal, don't you, when you work in a supermarket? And it's like, do we show what we sell? Yeah. Or do we, you know, put out what we think the consumer needs? Mm. You know, we think, you know, we need a we need a few lols, but with some considered food ads, you know, to play out the quality. OK, Nicola, is the caramelised biscuit Christmas pudding a bit of you, as a countess puts it? <laughs> the pudding does appeal to my sweet tooth, um, but I'm also not sure that the ad speaks to me as much as others that we've discussed today. Um, I did think that, yeah, Alison Hammond is a recognisable TV personality, so that works in its favour. Um, I just wondered if they could have done more with humour, basically, Um it's a kind of a recognisable storyline and that you've kind of got this pauper character trying to impress their overlords. But then could it have been made more funny maybe with um, the different types of uh, uh, desserts or the different bits that could have been put into the dessert? Um, it's a love it or hate it kind of item. I don't know, just something around that. And then that links the idea of it not just being all about the excess um, food uh, on offer at Christmas, but more about the funny side to it. Okay. I have got to go now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, Vicky, thank you so much. Bye, guys. Vicky has had to leave us. She has to rush off to a very important client meeting. On to O2 and the Snowground by VCCP London, who are tackling data poverty. The ad shows a snowwoman who feels disconnected from the world and then is gifted an O2's Christmas SIM card, which brings her back to life. Let's have a listen. This one was quite cute and it makes a good point about many people feeling disconnected. Um, and the only, it didn't make me feel Christmassy, but sad about the living situations we find ourselves in, which is obviously, they're making a good point. So um, Nicola, what, what were your thoughts? 
Um, yeah, similar to you. Well, I thought that the, it, the ad has the potential to chime with a lot of people because it is talking about a situation that wouldn't be unusual um, where family members have maybe moved away from relatives and they leave grandparents on their own. And then it makes it difficult at Christmas um, to connect, um, especially if elderly people can't you know, travel for health or other reasons. Mm. Um, I think it also links to the idea that you know brands are showing how they are helping people, which is good in terms of the tone for this particular Christmas. Um, so, yeah, but I agree there is a sadness to the ad as the snow ground shuff, uh, shuffles around the streets alone. Um, but then it does end with kindness when the SIM card is shared. And Alex, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's just a bit so-so, I think. I think it's good, obviously, that they're... I think it's good they're taking on an issue... It's a little bit clunky, the storytelling. I think it has some charm, but it's, you know, perhaps not quite enough. It's a little bit maudlin in parts. I just think you've got something like with John Lewis where there's a kind of issue that they've obviously got some heritage and legacy of doing, and then they really commit to that kind of through storytelling and, you know, you are genuinely moved at the end of that spot. Whereas this one, it's kind of, I kind of get what they're talking about. The the issue, their thing isn't quite as clear. The snow grand transformation's a bit <laughs> odd. I don't know, it just doesn't quite work. It's not it's not terrible, and it's trying to do the right thing, and it feels Christmassy-ish. I, d- I just think it's one of those ones that kind of goes into the middle of the pack and probably isn't going to get that much cut through, isn't going to do that much for the brand. So it's it's one of those kind of well-intentioned, but falls a bit short for me. Okay, that is all we have time for today in terms of um, reviewing the ads. But I'd quite like to ask Alex, what's your favourite Christmas ad so far? Uh, I think the two that are kind of risen to the top are John Lewis and the Asda Elspot. I think that seems to be, you know, that's my personal opinion. It's also reflected in kind of noise within our industry and I suspect outside. And I I think the reason they have done is that both of them have committed in different ways. I think John Lewis have committed to a new structure and to double down on, you know, a kind of um, caring message and actively showing that care at Christmas, which I think is bold. Be interesting to see what they do next Mm -hmm. year because it kind of suggests they now have to continue doing that and supporting that charity Mm -hmm. And what they're doing. And if they suddenly jump out and back to do something else, it might feel a bit odd, but I guess that's their problem for <laughs> next year. And then I think on Asda as well, you know, and I certainly didn't see that coming from Asda. They haven't really got a great heritage of doing great Christmas ads. And they've kind of gone for it as well, haven't they? They've kind of they planned in advance. I think they've obviously spent quite a bit of money. And that kind of ambition and boldness i think has paid off so um brilliant uh nicola i think mine's gonna have to be asda and buddy the elf i'm not just saying it because you've had vicky on the podcast today <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah for all the reasons that we were talking about earlier um you know it's just the mass appeal a great character for me it's just harking back to you know a happier time and it's just full of joy and humor brilliant okay so that is all we have time for. So thank you, Nicola, and thank you, Alex, and also Vicky. If you'd like to watch the ads that we've been discussing, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. 
If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. A big thank you to our producer, Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio and also to you for listening. I hope you will join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.